With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Time to fire up the grill. Time to go to Total Wine and find the perfect flavor to pair with those burgers. Ooh, I love their beer cooler. <laughs> you love their prices even more. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. Turn off your laptop. We're on staycation. I'm on TotalWine.com. They have so many rosés, chardonnays, and proseccos. It feels like a real vacation. Wondrous selection, helpful guides, ridiculously low prices. Total Wine and more. It's all gone tits in and we can feel the devil walking next to us. It's the day trippers. Hey, jingity jing. It's Dominic the donkey. Jingity jing. The Italian Christmas donkey. La, 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 la. It was supposed to be the defiant response of a great team that lost its way, but had come roaring back. And whilst there were undeniable signs of life in the Liverpool display against United yesterday, the result was depressingly in keeping with the dross served up by Brendan Rodgers' various selections thus far. Heads must be removed from the sand. If it's not yet a crisis, it's a worrying facsimile of one. I'm Trev Downey, and joining me in the bunker tonight to try to mine some sense and some humour from recent events are Stephen Daly, Dave Thomas and Phil Casey. And on the line, we have a debut for David Curry and a return for Lee Mahadi. Right, let's review Manchester United 3, Liverpool 0. Um, there will inevitably, as we go on, going to be a surge of negative thoughts as we discuss the ugliness of Liverpool's league position and the latest result. But with that in mind, let's try to find some positivity in the mire of yesterday's defeat. Uh, the best place to start, I guess, is with Raheem Sterling. Yes, he missed some chances, um, got a lot of pelters for them, but he was lively and he was a reminder, a throwback to recent better days. Dave, would you uh, agree with that summation? I, I personally, I don't. I'm going to be like the beacon of hope here. I thought we played, we played pretty damn well. We didn't deserve to lose. I don't think Raheem Sterling was the only positive. I thought it's without a shadow of a doubt the second best we've played all season. Mm-hmm. Obviously, we got dicked. We, we, we lost 3-0 you know, at Old Trafford. Like, bollocks. Like, you know, that that's not good. But worryingly, we got dicked. We lost 3-0. But it was, in my opinion, one of the best we played all season. So it's not just Raheem, but I think as, as a group, not defensively, but as a, as a unit, playing different formation. I thought we played well. We created more chances than usual. 
just a shame that you know we didn't have storage there to put them away and we had to rely on a 20 year old like we have all season to be honest mm. well we may keep coming back to you just to say that exact sentence um at five minute intervals so be ready for that dave uh lee uh <laughs> what what was your take on on on, on sterling and and maybe expand it out a little bit to what dave was talking about there about some positive signs at least in the way we played uh there was some positive signs here and there like not a great deal um Sterling definitely was the high point, you know, like he showed actually a great, a very good bit of fucking good movement, like in a, you know, in the, in that full forward role now playing like in the full forward role for the first time. Well, bar like, you know, when Lambert went off the other night or whatever, but like, uh, yeah, he moved, he got us some really good spots he did, but you see the thing is too that United kind of marshaled them well. They, I think it might've even been Phil on Twitter there. Like I think he put up a tweet about them saying that they were kind of directing him onto his left side a lot. They were, and that's what ended up leading to a good few kind of like scuffed or really like uh, weak or kind of shots. Mm-hmm. That was uh, They did martial well and stuff like that. Now I didn't really, I, I'm sorry. I can't really agree too much with Dave that I thought the performance overall was good. I thought it like, it actually wasn't as bad as it was made out. I think the scoreline did sort of almost flatter United in a way that like they, as I said, they pounced on, a lot of fuck. They pounced on the errors very well, you know. Like they had less fucking, they had probably less shots on targets than they did fucking have shot. Oh, sorry, they had less shots on target than they had with bookings. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. it was just it was just a case of them being far more fucking ruthless than we could be. And then you know the obvious fucking classic bleeding keeper Superman fucking performance from David de Gea. Like, yeah, that was unfortunate, uh, Steve-O, uh, what do you think about this idea of us having maybe moved forward a little bit despite the result uh, in terms of a different playing style, no big lamppost up front? What do you think of that? Um, <clears throat> I would say, no, I can't. I can't agree with it because that that shouldn't be our way to play to start with. You mm. know what I mean? Going to big lamppost up front. For me, that was just us going, doing anything we could in the last few games. Mm. Um I thought it was a poor enough performance. I think the unfortunate part is that we now see that as an improvement on what we've had to be dealt with in the last five, six, seven, eight weeks, mm. three months. For, you yeah, know, at I this know, stage, I it's know. just been Season, it's been abject from from day one, nearly apart from apart from Spurs, and we keep on harping back to this game. You know, fuck it. Leicester City have had one or two good games this season, and they're still bottom of the league. So we can't keep on going back to that match and saying mm. just because Sturridge was fit. You know, everything's going to be okay. I am one of those people that think when he's fit, the way we play football will be different because he will make those runs in behind. He will allow the likes of Coutinho, the likes of Sterling um, to to play the game that they've become used to. Mm. However, no, it was poor all over the park. There was there were so many bad performances. Um, Joe Allen and, and Stephen Jarrett to, to pick out two. Brad Jones is another one. The, the you know trifecta of cuntiness at the back that was our back three um, you know at, uh, okay okay you're going down a rabbit hole there yeah. so we'll, we'll, we'll let's put, come to Mr. Positivity Dave <laughs> Thomas everybody <laughs> back 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 Dave's back back what? from the valleys well you know I thought I'd wait until it got really bad before I <laughs> well look it's really bad so <laughs> welcome back Dave welcome back and, and no, no to to to, to Hark back to a point made by the, the two lads early early on. What did you think of the of the the playing style, and was there anything to be gleaned for it in terms of uh, maybe less gloom going forward? Well, look, I mean, context is everything. I mean, you know, it's very difficult after going to Old Trafford and losing three 0 to sit here and pretend that it was anything other than a drubbing. It was they they were ruthless. They, you know, I think as 
as Lee said, they took advantage of our mistakes in a way that we're just not capable of doing right now. Mm. But I mean, we went to Old Trafford and you know created eighteen chances, nine on target. You know, United created eleven and had four on target. They scored three of them. You know, so I think that if you consider that in, I think the the game against Real Madrid, for example, we didn't have a shot on goal to the 67th minute, mm. then you have to say that it's got better. Now, to Steve's point, we shouldn't be sitting here and saying that a, a good performance uh, negates everything else because actually it wasn't a good performance. It was a good attacking performance in that we uh, played well in the you know in the final third of the pitch and we created a lot of chances and a better striker or better strikers um, probably would have seen us in the game. 19 attempts, Dave, apparently, to their 11. Yeah, nine 19, on target. Nine on target, yeah. So, you know... So you have to say that that's a good attacking performance, but, you know, the you can't have a good attacking performance if your defence is gifting three goals. Mm. You know, is, you, you is can't a good do attack, that. Good attack, that, attack, that, that. Attacking performance by Man United because they've offered up chances to every team they've played this season. Yeah, and you know, like a, on, on, honestly, on Saturday, I sat down here and I said, Man United minus one is the, is the, is the bet of the weekend. And I backed it. And I did that because I said to myself, I, okay, I actually thought it would be a game that wouldn't see De Gea having the game he had. You know what I mean? I, I, I know he's had some great performances recently, but I thought to myself, there's going to be a few chances in this game and they're the ones with the strikers that are actually going to take the chances. Yeah, I mean, there's, there's no doubt United are, are poor. I mean, and, and this will come on to the point that we talk about later. The difference <coughs> that, that yesterday shows is having a great goalkeeper and a great striker masks all ills, right? And we don't have yeah, that. Yeah. So the reality is, is the difference between us and them is that we both have poor defensive defences. They're much more ruthless than we are. To whether it's a good defensive display, whether it's a good attacking play. I mean, I can only talk about what I felt like watching it, which mm. is that I mm. felt like we cut them apart a couple of times. I mm. felt like we played pretty well. I think the stats can be misleading, but the stats suggest that we uh, created enough chances and mm. we we missed, you know, okay, I think there's sitters. I think there's a couple of sitters there. Yeah, that yeah we no, missed, I'd agree with you. Know? you. So, so for me, it's a good attack in Spain, but we so shouldn't it could, have, could have panned out the way most people thought, which would have been a high-scoring game that could have gone either way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. I think the only thing I can say is I felt better about it, ironically. I felt better about bits of it than I did about when we beat Leicester, mm. if that makes sense. Because I think we beat Leicester doing everything that's against the way we do it. I just thought mm. we played terribly against mm. Leicester and we they gifted us three goals and we win and that's a gloss. Whereas yesterday... I felt like there was at least a little bit of us returning to some of what last season was about. We've got a long way to go, and and without, you know, some big changes, I still think that we're we're going to struggle. Uh, but there were at least some things coming away from it where you go, okay, well, if he, you know, if he sticks with that bit, then he's just got this bit to fix rather than the That's, whole thing yeah. to fix. Yeah, no, I know. I what you're the, main, the main thing for me, I think, is you know, all season we've had shit goalie, shit defence. We haven't created any chances. We haven't scored any goals. Everything's just been. It's just, you know, it's just been just pathetic. So, I mean, the one thing you can say in this game is we did create the chances. That's the one thing we've got, you know, to go forward with. I'm not saying we, we played fantastically. I mean, we were, we were shambolic, like, everywhere on the pitch. Like, defensively, I don't know what the midfield was doing. They were, I think they were in the wrong stadium. But I've got no idea what was going on. But the one glimmer of hope I can cling to is we actually created chances. And I know I, I listen to you guys all the time and it's always, and I, you know, just from the games that I've seen, we've just been so toothless. We haven't created anything. But like Carragher said on Monday Night Football, like he'd never seen a Liverpool team that had created so many chances at Old Trafford. So I think if we're going to try and 
be optimistic. I think that's the one thing that I've got to cling to, to be honest. Well, that's that's gone around in a nice loop and it ends up with you. So let's move on from that positivity crack and uh, have a look <laughs> have a look at uh, some of the some of the less appealing aspects of it. The, the dropping of Simon Minnelay was a big thing, uh, Dave, um, and the reemergence of of our narcoleptic bench snoozer, uh, Brad Jones. Um, Talk to me about his display. I, you know, again, he's another guy who's copped a lot of flack. Was it warranted, in your opinion? Oh, I, I, I don't even know. You know, I don't even know to, how to begin with it. To be honest, I mean, you know, we bought Minulay in a couple of years ago. We've obviously scouted Minulay. We've seen what his strengths are. We've Brendan's identified right. We want a goalie that's good of his feet. We want a goalie that can spray the ball out. That is, you know, obviously a good shot stopper. How didn't the scouts identify that, you know, he co- he couldn't control a fucking, like, apple or anything? You know <laughs> yeah. what I mean? Like, how, how have we spent all this time, like, looking at goalkeepers and going, oh, yeah, Brendan's gone, no, that's the guy. Look at look how good he is with his feet. Like, he, at Sunderland, he, he, you know, he's he was never that guy. How have, we, how have we ended up with him if he's not the goalie that Brendan wanted when he came in, when we had the money to spend? It's just it's astronomical. And the fact that Brad Jones is our second... Like we're playing Bournemouth later, and I know we'll go on to it, but Brad Jones wouldn't be second goalkeeper at Bournemouth, and it's just it's just disgusting. The way he dived the wrong way for the goals, I mean, like he didn't have anything to do apart from kick the ball out of the net three times, and that pretty much sums up his performance, to be honest. I just can't say any more about the goalkeeping situation. <laughs> that's 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 pretty tidy. Uh, leave you anything you want to add to the whole uh, Brad Jones scenario? Like, is he is he the man there for for apparently, according to Brendan himself, um, Simon's dropped for what's the word for the indefinitely, indefinitely. So, um, how, how how are you feeling about going into the next couple of games, Bournemouth and Arsenal, with with Brad? Well, to be honest, man, like you said, you know what kind of a low opinion I've got of Minulay in general. At the end of the day, it, both of them are going to fucking kill you. Yeah. So, but like, let's let's. I'm looking at it in context now as well. I don't think Brad Jones actually made a great deal of fucking mistakes. Like he, for the first goal, fair enough, sort of dived the wrong way. Like, but Rooney places it very well because he was given about fucking twelve yards of space to do so. The second goal it was offside for one, and well, to be fair. The defence completely let him down, just let Matic ghost him behind. Like the, he, he headed it in like near enough to about six yards out. Like and there was very little he was going to do there. But the third goal was the only time I really had a gripe with Jones because when the ball actually comes to Van Persie, Jones is inexplicably 15 yards further to the fucking right than he should be. Mm-hmm. That was that was my main gripe now. But like as for as for a general the general run of play now through the game, he actually didn't make me any more nervous than Minulay either with the ball at his feet or coming for crosses. I actually thought he performed relatively admirably in that regard like yeah yeah but uh but let's like honestly let's be honest as well i don't think like i said as much as i don't really like i didn't really care when when all the, of all the changes made into that lineup the one between brad jones and minulay literally made very little difference to me because i consider them both on a very low level i think at their on their best day both of them are like a, a relegation premier league side keeper like that's that's the best i would give either of them yeah, yeah. I, I think the 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 Jones decision on the mini late decision is is not about whether Jones is a better goalkeeper. He's clearly probably not a better goalkeeper. It's, it's more the, it's more the message it sends, which is the mini late isn't going to be our goalkeeper moving forward. It's a yeah. bit like when he brought Lucas back and stopped playing Jared as a defensive midfield player. It was like him going, "Okay, this doesn't work anymore." So except while, he tried it again. Yes, well, no, I don't think he did. But anyway, we'll go on to that. Yeah. But while. We haven't got the solution right now. We haven't got the solution right now for it, which is to have a better goalkeeper. At least it's him saying Minile's not the goalkeeper. Mm. So 
I can live with Brian Jones for a for a you know a couple of weeks if that means we go out in January and get a goalkeeper. I, I'm, Look, I'm, at the end of the day, like the end of the day, whether you have Jones or Mignolet in goal at the moment, it isn't going to change the fact that we have an absolutely abysmal defence that is going to put any keeper that you put between the sticks in a great deal of danger. Brad Jones is what he is. Steve-O, uh, have you got uh, any last words on Mignolet? Because I know Phil doesn't want to talk about this whole goalkeeping thing, so we'll, um, we'll move it on afterwards. No, listen, you know... Brad Jones should never be our backup goalkeeper. Never should have been. Um, the fact that he's still there is is as sad as the fact that Lucas still plays for this club and Glenn Johnson starts every game and fucking Skirtle isn't fucking in some hole in a ditch somewhere. You know, like there's many many reasons and and the fact that he had Vorm as his number one when he was at Swansea mm. and didn't bring him to us as a backup keeper when that's clearly all Vorm was going to Spurs for is baffling to me yeah. because he was a keeper who could play with the ball at his feet. I'm not saying he was brilliant. I'm not saying he was the answer to our first team goalkeeping situation but geez, he would have been a good backup to have there and the fact that he's sitting you know, on the bench at Spurs because you know that, that's, that's for me apart from the couple of keepers that Phil has, has suggested in the past from the Bundesliga who I don't know for me looking at football you know, say in the Premiership on a regular basis Hugo Lloris is the keeper I would want us to have in terms of the way we, we are trying to play football. Yeah. If, if I could have one keeper in the Premiership, I know De Gea and, and Courtois are excellent, but an attainable keeper, I thought we could have actually, at, during the summer, got him. Mm. You yeah. know, if we'd really gone for it, I think the fact that we'd finished second a month to push on, that would have been the time to cut our losses with Mignolet and say he's not the keeper that is going to play the way we want to play football. Why don't we go and get him and, and put it to Spurs? Phil. I know. I'm uh, not really here. I know you're not really here, but I'm not uh, really here. we should we should uh, try to really involve here. you slightly. I'm not really here. Yeah. I'm singing songs in my head. <laughs> That's what I spent the day doing. <clears throat> okay. Mainly ABBA songs. How's that working out for you? It's great crack. Yeah. What's your favourite so far? <laughs> what are you singing in your head right now? At the moment, I'm singing Fernando. Oh, nice, <laughs> nice. <laughs> that's, that's the name of the game. <laughs> no, no. If no. I had a chance, yeah. I would. That's kind of sad. Yeah, yeah, I know. Well, I've been going through the whole lot of gold. Have you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. Yeah. Brilliant. And songs just get stuck in your head at times. Mm. Uh, just one album all day, Abba. Yeah, yeah, else? yeah. I, I, I accidentally put it on this morning and it just keeps going. <laughs> accidentally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. He was going for ACDC, but he can't spell. I was searching for Slayer. Megadeth. Megadeth. Abba. And then Abba just came on. Oh. Uh, a little known fact that uh, yeah. uh, Bjorn Ovellis and, and the lads wrote a few Megadeth songs. Yeah. That is a little, a little, little, little known, known fact. fact. In fact, only you know we, that. And we use the term they, fact they, loosely. <laughs> they don't even know it. <laughs> Inspiration. Uh, speaking of Megadeth, uh, Dave. Oh, Trent. Oh, thanks, I'm happy with that. Uh, can, can, can we have a look at our uh, defensive trio of Lovren and, 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 and Skirtle and Johnson? Um, what were they even thinking? What was Brendan thinking in this trade the back uh, made up of that particular trio? Dave, that's you. Oh, is that me? Yes, oh, my mate. bad. My bad. <laughs> Dave, what you don't realise is he pointed, not realising you weren't in this room. <laughs> <laughs> it's the universal language of sign, Dave. Come on, work with me here. <laughs> you lad over there on the computer. <laughs> It's just the accents, man. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, like, when you when you like come on, like it's just the, it's just the same thing over and over again, isn't it? Like you you see Lovren with Skirtle, like when they play as a as the two centre backs, they're just it's just a calamity waiting to happen. I mean, nothing nothing good can come with that. And when you add bloody like like when you add Glenn Johnson to that, it's just it's just the most like mind blowing league like clusterfuck of 
just terrible defenders, isn't it? I mean, I, there's there's nowhere to go. I mean, I don't know why Sacco. I'm not. I I don't. I'm not a Sacco fan. I know Sacco's like the the optimum marmite when it comes to comes to Liverpool fans, but like Jesus Christ, he's better than Glenn Johnson, isn't he? He's better than fucking Martin's girl, and he's better than Lovren. Sacco shit, in my opinion, and he's better than all three of them. <laughs> I mean, it's just, it's just been, the, it's just the same thing. Every every game, every single, and it's it's bugging me now. Every single game, it's just defensive mistake, defensive mistake, defensive mistake. Every game, I can't think of one game where we haven't had a defensive mistake, and it's just, it's just some something needs to change. I, I, I don't know where to start. I'm not a tactician, you know. I'm not an assistant manager at a Premier League club, but. Jesus Christ! If he wants to save his job, if if his job is under pressure, he needs to. He just needs to sort out that defence. And I couldn't offer him any suggestions other than don't play them free dickheads. That's all. Like, that is <laughs> that's it. that's direct and um, solid advice. Solid advice. <laughs> uh, Steve, what about what about that idea of the three at the back? But like, was, was there was, was there a logic to it that that just simply didn't didn't come through on the day? What do you think of the boys as, as wing backs? Uh, you know what? I I, I I I think you're losing the best of of what either of them can probably give you yes, there exactly. as, as wing backs. I think Henderson we, we really missed him in the middle of the park. If he tried to play Mankio as a wing back and played Henderson in instead of Allen, mm-hmm. I probably would have understood that more. Yeah. But we, we lost his energy. You know, he, he he neither offered much defensively or in attack or, no or, fault of his own. No 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 yeah. no no I'm yeah. not knocking him here because yeah. I, I I he's probably my favourite Liverpool player at the minute to be perfectly honest with yeah. you just for what you get from him all the time mm. um, and, and in this kind of we are in a crisis so if you want to say in this kind of crisis you need more of that than than necessarily you do of the Sterlings yeah. um, and I, I just think that the, the shape just didn't didn't look didn't look great I don't think Alan and as I said Alan and Gerrard didn't seem to know what role they should be playing and I know Dave will probably disagree with that and I'm not saying he was Gerrard was playing as a defensive mid I think they 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 I don't know. I just I just couldn't put my finger on it, and that midfield of United's yesterday should have been there for the taking. To be honest oh, with you, yeah. you know, yeah. I think it should have been there for the taking. It was looking at them when they lined up. I actually thought I started to get a little bit optimistic, and then realised we hadn't got a striker again. You know what I mean? I was yeah. just like, right, okay, you know. Yeah, you know. But, but, yeah I, but I think we I just did, didn't see where our goals came but from. I think Dave. we did take. I think we did take him. I don't think. I see. I did, I, I think we did overrun them in midfield. I think we were better than them going forward. I did, I just didn't think that we were very good defensively. I don't think there was... So in terms of the formation, I thought the formation worked in terms of an attacking sense, but I don't think it worked in terms of when, a defensive sense. When you say overran them in midfield, like, but you said, did you, you feel they dominated the Manchester United midfield yesterday? I, th- I thought it was a pretty even contest. I, th- I thought we had the better of it. I don't think they dominated us. And, but that's my point. I think we, we could have and should have dominated that midfield. Yeah, I mean, I would have... And put, that's, yeah. that's what I'm getting I would have put, I, I think that's more... A, personally, I think that's a selection thing rather than a yeah. formation thing. I no, no, played, no, I'm not. Yeah, I'm, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm agreeing with you there. Yeah. I, think, I think actually if you play Jordan Henderson and Emery Chan in the yeah, two positions exactly. that you played, uh, Steven Gerrard and, and Alan... Yeah. I think you get a lot more out. I agree because I think if you play three three four three or whatever the hell they were playing yesterday, you don't need deep lying midfielders because your centre back, the middle centre back, should be coming out to cover mm. the base of the midfield. And I think that's where we lost it yesterday. Is we played two midfielders there who sit deep and, and a full back as one of our three yeah. centre halves. Yeah, exactly. You know what I mean, I, mean so. I, I think I, yeah, I completely agree. I think it was. I actually liked the three at the back. I think it. And I, he went. You went to it last season when we were struggling a little bit, and it it did help because it it allowed uh, Suarez and Sterling to get on the pitch together, which I think he was struggling with up until mm. that point. I liked it. I I just thought that we picked the wrong midfield. 
Yeah. I just thought that we picked the wrong two. Well, well before before we move on to that as a specific issue, Lee, will you just finish out to talk about that? What what do you think was the thinking that Rogers had behind three at the back with the two wing backs? Was it like direct? The, it's supposed to directly counter balance or counter a counter measure to United, or what was the thinking behind it? Oh, me? Well, I was actually surprised anything went wrong. You know, like when you pick like three of your most like competent and reliable defenders in an unfamiliar formation, like what was bound to go wrong? Yeah, well, there is that, yeah. Yeah, but uh, no, I think, his, um, I think his thinking was like, I think he was nearly expecting Van Hal to play, well, expecting Van Hal to play with wing-backs due to the personnel that they had available to themselves as well. Like they, they didn't even play, because they don't actually have actual full-backs. Like they were using Valencia and Young as the wing-backs. So I think he nearly played with a with an expectation of of them bombing down the bombing down the sides to try and get at us and you know trying to knock in crosses. But uh, I think that the rationale behind that would have been now if he played two wing backs himself that uh, he would actually like we do our share of attacking down there, try and keep them pegged back a little bit, like and stop the and stop the them generating attacks primarily through the wide areas. That yeah. would have been like just just what I thought he was trying to do there. I think that, the, and the thing is, like even as far as the the midfield wouldn't have been the midfield that I picked either. The fact that I actually thought it was probably in probably in the centre was maybe the the area that we lost out the least. I think it was just the fact that our own defensive incompetence just gave them the opportunities that they needed to pounce on for one, and the fact that we just didn't have, like I said, we create we actually created chances from both the midfield and our wide areas that Sterling just either wasn't able to finish off or De Gea was completely equal to. Mm, yeah. So I think in that sense, we really, if you're looking like right through the middle of the park, it was the top, it was the the top and the bottom that was where we lost the game, not in the center. Okay, Phil, what do you think about that about the, the midfield issue? Seems we've moved on to it now. That both or all three of the lads there have kind of touched on that. Um, Talk to me about that. Uh, Dave seems to feel that we emerged pretty much at least on a par, if not a little bit better than them. Um, how do you feel the midfield area did? Knowing me, knowing you. I was waiting for uh-huh. that. Okay. <laughs> Moved on to the next track. Have you? Alan Partridge. I think I'm going uh-huh. fucking mental on this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Seriously. Lexi. Um, midfield. Um, you know, I've... I said to you, look, I, 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 I was going to struggle to talk in a review because I could tell you go back to 15 minutes and 45 seconds last week to find out what I thought about the midfield. Mm. It's, it's the same problems over now. We're putting a fella in. We're putting Gerard in who's, who's ageing, right? And, you know, you've got Alan in beside him. Both of them played during the week. You're putting them into a two midfield where they're going to have to go box to box in the formation that we're playing because, you know, they have to, they have to support the, the, when we're in attack. They also have to cover when in defence. Four goal is a clear example. Alan goes out to cover the full-back spot, which is what you'd want the midfielder in that position to do because they're there when, when your wing-backs bomb on, one of the midfielders comes out to cover. Gerard's complete lack of aware, tactical awareness in that type of role and in that type of system because he stands with his back to the midfield in terms mm-hmm. of what's going on. He doesn't get flat to the actual midfield to see when the runners are coming. means that when Rooney starts to move, Coutinho is going with him, but Coutinho never tracks him. And like if 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 had one complaint in actual game time, I thought Coutinho, seeing that Gerard has his back to him and known unless there was a shout or something, but even still you should still go with him until you see the, the midfielder, you know, react and come across to cover the danger. And that's my only my only gripe there was that he didn't follow with him because what what it led to yeah, that, yeah, 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 hundred percent. That it led to Rooney getting a free run in, getting the shot away without being challenged at all. But again, you've got the issues there because a, a tactically aware defensive midfielder, and I'm not saying Lucas, I'm not saying anyone else, just stands differently in in, in that sort of setup to see what's going on behind him as it goes on. 
Moreno has to take some fault there as well, though, because the only he goes back to he goes back to left back. Even though Alan and yeah, I think he should have he should have taken he should have taken, yeah. taken the spot in, in central midfield that but, Alan had but vacated. You have you have two players. He took his fucking time about but, it too. But you have two players over on the left hand side anyway. When it's going absolutely, on. and that's what I'm saying. So, Moreno yeah. didn't need to go to that. Yeah, exactly. So you know, but then again, we're talking about a system that. They haven't used. They've used yeah, once. Just, they've used yeah. once. Uh, no, I, I, but, but all I'm saying is, you're talking about a different set of players mm. in, playing in a system that they've used once with a different set of players as well at the time, right? And we haven't used it going into. We're going into a big game against United. Where, as I said to you last week, it was a must not lose as opposed to a must win because mm. you lose that you're ten points behind them. You don't. You're still only seven points behind them. Do you mm. know what I mean? Mm. It's not. It's not game over job with it. And um, it's. Yeah, I I I fully agree with what was said earlier in terms. Of, I thought. Positively wise, in terms of attack, it was the best that we've done since since the Spurs game because I thought, you know, the movement that we had up front, in the, especially in the first half, created lots of chances for us. You know, people were giving out about Balotelli in terms of his passing all, but when he came on, he did everything as a forward that we've been asking him to do as a forward, with the exception of scoring. He made the right runs off shoulders. You know, the the chance that the guy pulled off an absolute worldy. That goes on. To, that he knocks onto the crossbar. Yeah, the Lovely ball for Markovic to get him in, and he's making. Mm. He's yeah, making that. Yeah. He's making that run that we've been crying out for him to do. Where he was on the shoulder of the defender, he just put a burst of acceleration, got onto the end of the ball, got the shot away, and it's just an unbelievable save from a goalkeeper who's just in top form at this moment in time. Now that's not. Look, you have to score one of those chances. I'm not. I'm not fully excusing him, but I'm saying at least when he came on. He came on and he was trying to do the things that we've been crying out for him to do as a centre forward. Mm. You know, uh, you know, he was getting into the box. He was getting chan- He was getting on the ends of chances. They were being saved, but at least he was there. It was me. It was me that complained about his passing. Yeah, you know. But but my point there was he was. You could see he was actually exasperating. And I'm and I was one that said I thought he should come on at halftime. And I think he was. You know, a good option when we had him on there in the second half. I think there was positives to having him on there, even though he didn't get a goal. Um, but I think he is frustrating the players around him with with his his choices when he when he's on the ball. Yeah. Go, you know go, what I mean? Going back to your original point, and that's just him as a player. Just going back to the original point around the midfield. Right, mm. if you set up with a player who could barely walk come the come the sixty minutes into the second half because of his age and his physique and and the problems that you have with a player as they get older. You know, you can. You don't have to. This isn't sort of a sudden shock to the system. This is what's been happening. As as, and this is why the discussion about Gerard being rested and Gerard being left out of the games. He was always going to play in this match. Now, <clears throat> does it not make it even more mental to have alienate or to marginalise Hendo then? But I, I've 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 said that like mad thing. We, we've tried to get him in, in, involved in the forward play that we're playing. I, there's a strong argument for it. if you're doing that formation. You put him in as the front man, effectively. Not not, not as, a, as as an out and out front man, but you t- it's what I said last week. You put him up, let him play as a false nine. Just tell him stay in the in their half of the pitch, because then what you can you have legs then in the midfield. Mm-hmm. Be it Henderson and Allen. If even if you're not going to play every channel, I'm just parking the, the chanting for a moment. But at least if you have Henderson and Allen in the midfield, you've got legs. They they will be able to get up and down the pitch. And the, the big problem yesterday was why we were good on the ball when they broke through us. It was just a free run because the players couldn't. There was just too much to cover. I, I think. I think yesterday was Stephen Gerrard's worst game that he's played. For I can't even remember the last time he was because he wasn't bad. Some the, uh, bad in a, the way he's been bad this season, which is that he's doing terrible things on the ball or he's getting caught out in his runs. He did nothing. He was just bypassed. He was just completely mm. anonymous. And I remember Gary Neville doing an interview once where. He was talking about the the game he decided to retire, and he said he watched the game back, and he just got beat all ends up. Uh, I think it was against Southampton. I can't remember. Someone took him to West the Brom. cleaners or West Brom, whoever it was, and just took him to the cleaners, and that was the day he realised that he can't do it anymore. 
And this is Steven Gerrard. We're 2-0 down away at Old Trafford. And he's playing in a system really where he shouldn't be as exposed as he's been in a lot of the games that we've asked him to play. And he he wasn't just anonymous. He never did any shouting. He never complained to the referee. He never made any tactical yeah, adjustments on the pitch. He looked, he, he looked defeated. For me, after that, one nil, after yeah, one, as soon you know, as we went one nil down, he his head dropped and so never I just lifted think, again. I just think if Steven Gerrard, if Steven Gerrard doesn't bring you that, if he can't get up for Old Trafford away one nil down with a young team with players, you know, with a nineteen year old playing at left back with a you know, 20-year-old playing up front with a young... If, if he can't get up for that, then someone needs to explain to me what he still has to bring. Because I hear, I hear a lot of people, a lot of people telling me that... I mean, I heard an interview with James Pierce saying, you know, it'd be a travesty if Stephen Gerrard left because he still has so much to offer on the playing side. Well, for me, it, he has to start showing us that he's still got something to offer on the playing side because otherwise he's just an ambassador. Yeah. I think he's... he it Defensively, like... We've, we've got better players. If we put him in attacking midfield, we've got better players. I think the only reason we, we're using Gerald, you know, we need him for the leadership. We need that commitment. We want him to, you know, rally the troops. If he should, he, he was, he was, he wasn't doing anything yesterday. I mean, it's, it's, I don't, I don't really know who to blame because I think in terms of Gerald, what you want to do is you want to, you don't want to do what you did yesterday and go, go on Gerald, you know what to do. You're good tactically because he's not good tactically. He doesn't know when to track the man. What you want to do is you want to go, right, you are going you'll go in as a false nine. Every time they get the ball, you are clattering into them. You're getting smashed into them. That's what you're doing. Or you're going, right, right, that's it. You're playing them as a DLP. You're playing back. You're going to get the ball. You're going to spray it around. You give him like a, a set task to, to do. And if you don't give him a set task, yesterday happens. He doesn't know what to do. His head gets lost and he just gets just gets embarrassed. And to be honest with you, it was, it was hard to see. Like I was just trying to think of, I can't even think of a pass that he made, to be honest. He, we pretty much played with 10 men. And uh, was, Dave, Dave, two two guys who were then there was a lot of onus on them. Given that Jared wasn't creating, a lot of onus on them in the first half, particularly to create, were Coutinho and Lalana. Um, now I know from conversations I was having with a few people, there was a lot of frustration about that with the way the two guys were playing. I think you could argue that Lalana was actually the unlucky one to come off because I don't know that Coutinho oh yeah, was any better. Um, wh- why was that? Do you think was is there any specific reason for it? Um, I was I was racking my brains like yesterday. I was I was in the same boat. I mean, Lalana was our brightest spark in in the first half. The only thing I could think of, he was coming back from that injury, like he he cracked his ribs or or whatnot, and he was that's why he missed the the previous game. And that's that's all I can think. You know, he had a bit of a problem with that, and that's why he was brought off. Mm. That's all I'm hoping about hope. Because if Brendan did decide to bring off our most great player in the first half, then he's just he's lost. The well, part. well, his actual quote, his actual quote, Dave was with Adam. We just felt we needed something more through the middle. So I thought Adam did well, but I felt we needed some presence and to slightly yeah. adapt the yeah. system. And so that's why Mario comes in. Do you, do you think he's, that, yeah, do you, he's lost it? Then I don't know what he's doing. <laughs> yeah. do, you, do you think maybe Coutinho stays on because he can actually offer a little bit more defensively? Like if you if you think about it last season, Coutinho did a huge amount of his work in terms of getting back, getting harrying, foot, harassing, yeah, yeah, getting yeah. a foot didn't in. Get back he, Rooney, did he? Well, no, he didn't. He didn't. Absolutely, you know. And, and that was first half. But what I'm saying is that's a, that's a momentary lapse in concentration, which fair enough, you can you can slate him for. But as a player, you're going to get more of that out of him than you are Adam Lallana in every 90 minutes of football. You put to do them on the pitch. That's just in terms of yeah, how I mean, he's adapted yeah, as a player compared to Lallana. I, I didn't agree with the Lallana sub, but I didn't. Think I think it was. I don't think it was madness. Yeah, I, I, mean, yeah. I, I think that it's a, that's a roll of the dice. You go in. Yeah, you feel. 
feel sorry for the fella, yeah, you but you're, sorry for yeah, him. yeah, you know. But I, 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 Coutinho's biggest problem right now is that he's, um, he does the first sixty percent of what he's meant to do brilliantly. You know, beats a man in midfield or gets to the end of the box. But his decision making is just atrocious. Like, mm. I mean, but but he's he's missing the players that he needs. Absolutely, I was just going to say. Like, <laughs> I know, but but we keep saying right that we we keep saying that the manager can't keep saying that he hasn't got storage. Well, I still think the players on the pitch can't keep saying that I haven't got storage. Like, you no, know, really, eventually please. you've got to go. I got to do something different here. Well, I, I think mm. if it, what the interesting bit was that he tried to play Sterling so many times around the corner. You know yeah. that type of ball. He was, but it's like everything when you haven't been playing that ball as well. You're not on it no. as the way you would be as sharply if, as if you're playing it every yeah, week. So it's it's not as measured. It's not yeah. as quick. And but sometimes it's like don't play the killer pass. Play the yeah. pass before the killer pass. Dave, I, don't, I, mean? I don't. But we're also talking about a guy who's 21. I agree. Look, so, I agree. You know, I love Coutinho. And, and the yeah. one thing I'd say about Coutinho is, and I've, I've seen him getting pelters as well. You know, saying you know he, he's close to you know being a very average player and all. At the same time, he will do something absolutely brilliant, right? With with, with when we're in control of games. We're at the pro- where we're so reliant on twenty and twenty-one year olds and nineteen-year-olds to be the leaders on the pitch because the senior players are letting us down week in, week out. That that's 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 the listen. That's genuine mad shout. I would have played him. Ajero played yesterday. That's what I would. I played Markovic where he played. I would have played him in the two with Alan. Well, I tell you what. That's a that's a fella who I don't care whether he got sent off last week. In this limited amount of time that he has been on the pitch in the last two games, has actually shown something. Something. Yeah. Uh, Lee, Lee, Lee yeah. talk to me about about Markovic's contribution uh, uh, to kind of bring us to an end on this. If you want to talk about his contribution against United, there was very like to be honest, there was very little because he was limited immediately by the fucking position that Rogers decided to play him in. He seemed to be playing it as a left wing back when he came on. Yeah, I didn't know what happened. Like, but like, and I wouldn't mind. He gave it his he gave it his all from there. Like, he actually he made the fucking runs forward. He did, and he started kind of coming into the middle as he got into the final third of the pitch, but. I thought like uh, he literally seems just to put him on and play like like in Moreno's place like and I, I was wondering what is going on here like you're putting a responsibility on top of him that he absolutely doesn't need for one anyways except because we're already fucking two three nil down like the just the whole thing is attack now like yeah it's literally just like you know go for like throw the kitchen sink now at this point like I said we've already conceded enough to lose just start going mad up front but like he seemed to keep he seemed to actually have Markovic like kind of shackled in a bleeding rigid left-sided position like which I, I didn't understand at all yeah yeah which is not where most people envisage him um the, what about to, to, to finish us off then dave your own thoughts dave curry you what? <laughs> what, what what were your own thoughts on markovic oh uh, to be honest with you i like i i, I agree completely i thought the last two games he'd only played like 17 minutes overall but he was probably our third best player of the season and he's only played 17 minutes so i think i wanted i wanted him centrally up I would have played him where Raheem was playing um, then yesterday, but it's it's just a, it's a bizarre one because you're you're in the middle of a bad run. What you want is you want you want the youth. You want somebody that can go. You know what? I'm you know I'm not scared. He's come in like for a massive price. A lot of people will be weighing down. He's been dropped. He hasn't played many games. But when he has played, he's thought you know what? I'm just going to get the ball and I'm going to run at them. That's that's what you want. You're in the middle of a bad run. Get him on. Get him to run at defenders. Like what 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 can go wrong? He's what? good at running at defenders. He's skillful. I mean, I just I don't understand what you've got to lose by getting this kid who's, you know, who's who's just not scared of taking everything on his shoulders. He he seems to love it. Yeah, I, what can go I, wrong? I like that. You know, and I, look, I've been as I said, I I would rather be proved wrong on Markovic than be proved right. I'd rather be proved wrong on everything than be proved right and on, mm. on, on the gloomy stuff. And as I said, to you what what I like this, what what I've liked in the last two games is that the very thing that I was like, I was really critical about him was. That he was scared to do stuff. Yeah. He started to now show what he can do. He started, and he's also shown 
the ability to do it as well. Because he maybe just thought to himself, fuck it, I'm not getting a game by not doing the dodgy <laughs> stuff, so I may as well give it a go and see does it come like, off. He looks like he's, he's been like, on the weights though. Yeah. He, look, he looks bigger. He looks yeah. like he's bulked up a little bit. Then He probably has thought, fuck it. Like, yeah. I'm not getting a game as it is. Game. When I get but on the pitch, just, I'm going to you know take what? the piss for a few it's, minutes. <laughs> but, it's, but you know, and it goes back to the point that I made a couple of minutes ago as well, we're going to another kid. And now, now we're thinking to ourselves, well, look, he's, he's, he's prepared to put it out there and he's prepared to do something that, the, again, the senior players aren't doing. So we have to put him in. Yeah. No, I have no problem. But if you're going to, if you're going to, if, if, if your young players are outshining and outleading the older players, mm. you put them play in. them all. Yeah. Well, play them all. And that brings us pretty much to looking forward to the next match. So we'll wrap it up there, chaps. Right, let's have a look forward to the games that are coming up because we're all so optimistic and upbeat. And let's look at Bournemouth, Liverpool. And Liverpool Arsenal. Um, we'll start with the first game. Um, what do we think we're going to see on the back of that performance? Do we think it's going to be a continuation of that um, attack? The the idea of a lot of fluid uh, players up front, or do we see a more uh, sort of uh, a reversion to a more kind of stereotypical setup that we've had for the main part of the season? Dave Thomas, what do you think? To Ballo or not to Ballo? Well, for me, I. Would stick with what we would. I'd stick with pretty much the formation and the thing that we tried to do against United. But I've got a funny feeling he might rest Sterling. Mm-hmm. Uh, he said in his pre post match interview that uh, Sterling's going to need a rest. And I got a funny feeling he might rest him on uh, Tuesday, which means that Markovic might come in. But yeah. I think probably more likely Balotelli will come in. Um, so I think he might stick with the three. I hope he sticks with the three at the back. I hope he begins to say, look, this is the system we're going to play for a little while. You know, let it bed mm-hmm. in. don't think there's anything to be gained by continuously chopping and changing the system at least. So let's stick with the same tactics, get the players to play a particular way. So personally, I'd play three at the back um, and I would uh, probably bring Balotelli in and I think he'll rest Sterling. And would you like to see, to, uh, again, I'm, I'm going a little bit to one side here, but you're talking about keeping that same shape. Would that be uh, dependent upon taking Hendo out there and getting him back into the middle where he's more effective yeah I worry about who would play right wing back I'm not sure Mankio is, is good enough in the final third to okay. play wing back so I would worry a little bit about playing him there mm-hmm. um, so that would be my only theory for maybe keeping Henderson as a wing back um, because I'm, not, I'm just not sure Mankio can do that ok uh, kind of gone a little bit off topic there so back to the to, to the strikers um, um, and the, the, the attack against Bournemouth what do you, what do you think it looks like Steve? Um, I, listen I, I genuinely can't even begin to think what he might do and that's that's not me being bad towards him but I think just it's it's just so hard to guess at the moment we could have Ricky Lambert back in you know what I mean mm. if he's if he's fit but like for me I would love to see us going back to a you know 4-3-3 three, three, mm. and I'd love to see some wholesale changes I, you know what I mean I would love to see Toure and Sacco as your two centre halves mm. I'd love to see Chan Henderson and Coutinho in the middle and then I'd like to actually see Markovic or even if it's not Coutinho if it's Lallana you know what I mean whoever yeah. because Lallana's just played 45 rather than, rather than 90 um, so you put Lallana into that three with, with Chan and and, uh, and Hendo and I'd like to see Sterling and Markovic either side of Balotelli yeah. you know what I mean yeah. and actually have a look at that I, I think there's balance to that team mm. I think you've got both of those two wide forwards able to come and, and offer you something in the box I think what we saw from Balotelli the other day was a proper focal point and and I think he, he, listen if if we want him to succeed he has to get a run of games yeah okay and you know um Rodgers has gone and given 
Lambert 360 minutes of consecutive football hmm. now in order for us to actually make a call on whether Balotelli is going to be good enough or not to stay at this football club I think he has to get that run of games again mm-hmm. okay and at that point then make the decision yeah. say okay listen we're, you've got four games mate you know what I mean like you don't even have to tell him that but you have to trust that even if he doesn't have the best 70 or 80 minutes and you, you give him the hook in the game you start him again yeah. you know what I mean maybe that's maybe that's a fool's logic I don't know but I think this game against Bournemouth could be the game to start that do you not think he's had that though I mean I know what you're saying but like for me he played 10 games in a row didn't score you know didn't score in the league Prior to his injury, do you know what I mean? Yeah, I know. And but like all I can all I can think of is the way we were like the setup, maybe. <laughs> the setup that we had, yeah. and if he wasn't, if he like I I actually think nearly Balotelli got himself in better positions to score goals than what Lambert did, even though Lambert got a couple of goals. If that makes any sense, no, I agree. okay. Yeah. Like Balotelli was missing chances that really he as a striker shouldn't have missed or yeah. shouldn't have fluffed and whatever that reason is he still has I think a better tactical brain and a better natural finisher's brain than one, what Ricky Lambert has yeah, to Yeah no I agree us. I'd play Balotelli ahead of Lambert yeah. um, and I would like to see Markovic and, and Sterling yeah. either side of that Markovic and Sterling so like, yeah. to, to go back to something Dave said and actually I'll bring you in this Phil uh, if you're going to rest Raheem Sterling and like let's face it we're heavily reliant on the kid now is this the game to take him out? Yeah and if you do, is it Markovic and Lalana, or who would you like to see either side of, of Balotelli? I take it you're going to start Balotelli. Yeah, I, I was messing around thinking what I'd like to see tomorrow night. And um, to be honest with you, right, given that we've some of the kids, I think the Arsenal game, I hate saying this, is a must-win game at the weekend for, to, to save our season. Mm. I, I genuinely, I think if we lose to Arsenal, you know, already top four is very unlikely. But if we lose to Arsenal, it's not going to happen, mm. right? Because we'll be 17 games in, Maybe potentially eight points off top four at that stage, maybe thirteen off. Thirteen toward. drift of United, yeah. yeah, yeah, and you'll have you'll have Spurs and Villa away, aren't they? Yeah, you've got you've got Spurs and you've got Spurs yeah, and Everton all, also ahead of you, six or eight yeah. points right? ahead then yeah. at that stage. So you know that's why because of what's happened on against United, we have to beat Arsenal at the weekend. Yeah. So I, I, for me, I, I'd, I'd change the team up. I'd look to make, I'd, I'd look to put some pairings in that I'd start against Arsenal. Um, so I, I was looking at doing uh, putting Sacco and Torre back in as, as centre backs because that's who I'd start against Arsenal at, at the weekend, and then I was gonna I, I'd, I'd play Brad Smith at left at left full, Mankio at right full, um, because I think Manke, bring Mankio back in because he, he's I'd start him against Arsenal again, I'd, but I want to get my game under the belt before we go. Then my midfield is Chan and Henderson. I play Jordan Williams behind him and tell him you know to, to, to play in there as a three, and then up top I was I was going to start Ojo. Balotelli and Markovic and play Markovic behind Ojo and Balotelli mm. and just look to, look to use yeah. Ojo's pace beside yep. Balotelli almost the way Sterling is you know they've, 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 they've been raving about him he's been having a brilliant season for, 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 for the young mm. team let's you know this to be fair that's a good shout like yeah. I, I wasn't in my mind I'm thinking how do we try and get the ones that are on the with bench the first team the squad yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. but actually it's a good shout why shouldn't in this cup a couple of the younger lads get a run especially the way the season's going especially to to, to sell something there's very few there justifying a jersey not many could be sat in that dressing room saying that's fucking ridiculous that's that's half half the reason I'm thinking of it because when I'm looking at, uh, at those kids 
they're, they're in a team that's actually playing very well at the moment in, in an attacking sense they're scoring lots of goals they're used to scoring they might goals they come in with that natural confidence and they will come in at least what they, they won't come in is they won't come in with a fear that they're not going to be able to play offensively mm. um, and they're playing against a championship side so the other part of this is that if we're looking to loan out these kids in January or something like that or even into next season it's a good market to see how far they've developed mm. and I know, I know it's a quarter final of a cup but it's not the semi-final do you know what I mean you're yeah. not you're not that yeah, one you're not game risking, before you're not risking that chance in the final yeah. that and Ojo has to be standing there thinking I can't be much worse than these fucking two yeah. <laughs> you yeah, know fair. what I mean like he, he's got to be looking at Lambert and, I, th- and I, think I actually think there's a lot of players in that in the 19 side who mm. should must be looking at that, that first team and going Come on, like yeah. I mean, Sinclair. I think if you're not playing Balotelli, let's say Balotelli, because he has just come back from an injury. Let's say he can't do two games in four days. I think it's worth looking at Drum Sinclair up front and saying, okay, well, let's see. Yeah, you're not going to play Sinclair and Ojo though, like. But no, you, you can. What, my my thinking was to put in. You're sort of mixing in four kids. Actually, you're, you're, well, three, 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 three real three. ones. But Mankia was only 19 as well yeah. when when it comes down to it. Like, yeah. but like I'm looking at you. You're getting Markovic game time, and you're getting him game time in the position where yeah. he's meant to be at his best, which is playing a as a 10 in behind what's going on and he can drift wide to the left he can drift wide to the right similar like I know he was playing left wing back against against United but when he's drift in field he seemed to have more impact in terms of what the matches he's able to carry the ball he, he seems to have a bit of vision in terms of what it is and fair play to him for doing it because that's what I'm saying he's starting to show it is both so, games he's shown a bit of danger about yeah, him yeah. He's, you can see the opposition afraid to actually you know t- Make that lunge in at him, and the, that's what you want. The, they're they're the standing other, off of him. The other thing, and, and, and people ask me about would I not start Rossiter? I think if, if I'm looking at a midfield of Williams, Henderson, and Chan, right? Physically, that's a powerful midfield. Strong, yeah, and yeah, the one yeah, thing a championship side is going to bring to it is, is physicality, and they're not going to be afraid to get mm. stuck into it. So I think they can, a little more so than Rossiter. I, I still think physically, Rossiter has a bit to develop in terms of into his natural frame. When you look at Williams, the fella is fucking yeah. huge, like, do you know what yeah. I mean? And he didn't look like he had any issue in, in the games that he's played in the League Cup so far. I agree. I mean, Williams is, is probably a little further forward physically. Mm. Um, just back on Markovic, I think that what's been interesting about him in the last two games is that, you know, and we've talked a lot about. Him on this pod and 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 he's taking know, a lot of stick. He's taking a lot of stick. He's taking a lot of so, stick, right? Because and he's taking it well. To be fair, he's never said yeah. anything to us. He's never said anything when he's been on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, but I think he's that, never said anything when he's been on. <laughs> never done anything. Just sits there. Just sits there. But in the last two games, he shows to me that he has pace, which we mm. questioned. You know. He, we was yeah, yeah, yeah. We were wondering where it, it was. He's arrived. It finally arrived. UPS technique. tracking. He's shown technique. You know, he's yeah. close control, and he's also shown he's got an eye for a pass. Yeah. So for me, that, those that pass three, was exceptional. It's a great pass, day. right? Yeah, so yeah. for me, that's three big question marks that he's had over him. Okay, all, albeit in very small doses, but I think. You know, you're going. Yeah, I'd like to see a little bit more of that. Signs, you know? and least. I think, yeah. Uh, the only thing but this I is disagree a game where you want to see it. Well, of you course, want to have a look yeah. at it. Yeah, yeah. I'd play Moreno. I think Moreno needs another game mm. yeah. sure. because I tell you, I think that I think Moreno looks shell shocked. Mm. Absolutely, he's so shell shocked. He looks like yeah. he's going. What the fuck have they, I signed up for you? Do, do you know what the gas thing is though? He's looked that way. Playing alongside either Lovren or whoever, whoever, whoever's been there, right? And either even with Torrey, because Torrey's not a, a natural left centre back, right? That's what I'm saying. You bring Sacco back in, his best games have come when he's been alongside mm. Sacco. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm saying, let's put Sacco back in. Why not? Because the Lovren is just uh, uh, yeah. he's biblical Ebola at this stage. Biblical Ebola. Daniel Floyd show. Yeah, you, but you you got to wonder what the the underlying issue is there with Sacco. Yeah. Uh, is it? Is it? Um, I can't believe it's down to a physical problem. Well, I th- no, he's back in full training. And I think is well. He was in the. He was in the. 
not the match day squad, but he was in the squad for both the. But he was on the so bench gotta, for, for Basel, and he was in. He was in the. Well, I mean, we don't know whether it's an attitude thing, right? Of course, I mean, of course. that's the reality. And that's yeah. what I'm saying. You got to feel if it's not an attitude. If there's not a problem between player and manager, you got to feel that tomorrow night is a game where he should be getting. He always looks so happy. He's training. You know he should play tomorrow. But well, play well tomorrow. Let, let's reverse this. Lovren shouldn't play, right? Let's be clear on that. Never. So then you're going, okay, well, who gets a game? And he's either calling a youngster up to play, like Lloyd Jones or something like that, right? Which I think is a is a massive call against the championships. I know he's got to play Sacco. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Skirtle will play. I think he'll play Skirtle. What Sacco. do you think? Uh, what do you think a centre half partnership of Lovren and and Sacco does that Skirtle and, and Sacco? I think Skirtle and Sacco. Skirtle and Lovren are, are the worst centre back yes. partnership. They, re- they remind me a worse version of what Carragher and Skirtle was when Skirtle used to have to play on the left hand side of defence. Yeah, it looks so it's, uncomfortable. It's, it's, yeah, it's now, I, now they both look as uncomfortable as Skirtle used to on his own. For yeah, me, you know what I mean. For me, I, I said earlier, I, I, I you know, I feel like I'm the last guy off the Lovren bus, but. <laughs> <laughs> like turn off the lights. He has been. <laughs> he, there, he is a he is a better player than he's showing. I so, actually agree with that. So you've got to say. Oh, he has to be. But in the way that we want to play, where we're never going to play with two defensive midfield players, we're never going to play with fullbacks that sit. We're never going to, you know, are we ever going to? Is he ever going to be able to do it in this system? I thought he would be able to because I thought he's proactive and good with the ball. So for me. I feel like even now, after this point, you're looking at him going, it's never going to work for him. Mm-hmm. It's never going to work for him in this system. Mm-hmm. Like, and I think he's a better player. I think he'll want to be a good player. Dave, can, I, can I bring us back then for a second? And, and this isn't, because uh, me and you have had our, our fair share of back and forths on, on the summer transfer window. And this isn't a dig at you, but do you think that the possibly... <laughs> I love this. No, do you think that possibly, okay, you believe the players are better than what they are showing now. Yeah. Okay, and I actually agree with you on that. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm pissed off by the players we signed. I stand over that and, uh, and probably always will. But do you think that we bought the wrong players for the system that we're trying to play? Like, what, what we were trying to do was improve on the areas that we saw weaknesses last year. Okay, and, and let's all take the, the 13 wins or whatever it was on the bounce out of it for a minute because that was freakish. Okay, mm-hmm. so let's look at the season as a whole when we did have our points earlier in the year when things weren't going great. We were all able to spot things that could be improved. Yeah, and I just don't think with the players that we've signed, we've necessarily improved those areas. But probably apart from left back, in even in Moreno looking shell shot. What's the I point in asking the question if you're going to let him answer when you go back to answer for fuck's sake? Oh no, no, I just wanted them to be here. To, <laughs> I wanted them to be here to kind of have you. Really, I just wanted the three. I just wanted the four minute monologue. And what do you think, Dave? And Dave comes. And as I was saying, I sit back and let you answer, Dave. I don't think you can. Do you want me to rewind back to what the question was? So. I would imagine at the beginning of the transfer window, the manager is sitting down going, here's what the window looks like for me, right? And if all of this happens, here's what the team is going to look like, right? Mm-hmm. And I think there, what's clear from the transfer window is some of that got executed and some of that got delivered and some of that didn't. What isn't known is how much the non-delivery of things, like a better goalkeeper... Or Christmas like presents. another, or like a better striker, or whatever else he's asking are we, for. Are we getting towards known knowns and unknown? No, no, no. I'm saying that you're asking me. Do mm. I think we signed the wrong players? The form tells you that we signed wrong, bad, you know, the wrong players for our system. But what I'm saying is, I don't think that we the decision of individual signings can be judged by themselves. I'm sure there was a plan that said 
we're going to try and replicate some of what we did last year. But is, is there not a part that also says, right, when, when a team is, is so shit, basically, right, and, uh, as it is at this moment in When time, it's gone tits in. When it's gone completely tits in mm. and there's a dose of biblical Ebola floating around yeah. the side at the moment, right? Is it not... It doesn't call for, like, in a game like this, just put different people into the team and I'm talking completely different ones that aren't around the squad you know that, that are going yeah. to come in but I, I, and I agree but, but, not, I, but I think just, that's just, e- yeah go on sorry. just, go on. just in, in positions and I'm not saying in key positions so what I'm saying to you is if you start Balotelli you're able to start Ojo because you've got a recognised centre forward up there so all the focus isn't going to be on Ojo right if you play Williams with Chan and Henderson inside there's going to be as much focus on how Chan and Henderson play as a unit as, say, Williams is, and Williams augments that. Takes the pressure yeah. off those lads. Mm. You've got Markovic, who's earned to start now to come in, and you know people are looking at that. It, it sort of take, what happens with an awful lot of kids when they come into it is the glare is so heavily on them because they're coming into a team. You know, there's a lot of them come in at one. If you put two or three in against Bournemouth on Wednesday. It's not a, there's not as much pressure on them because you've got a lot of players coming in who are making stakes for a claim. A lot of the first team players and also yeah. freshen up. Listen, I agree with you. I've said to you before that if I was Brendan Rodgers, given the way the season's gone, I wouldn't start the player older than Jordan Henderson for the rest of the season. Like mm-hmm. that, that, that would be my philosophy. I would go, do you know what? Fuck it. That we're let's say we're seventh. Let's say we're never going to. We're not going to get relegated, right? So let's say we're not. But Champions League is is going to be tough. So I would say kids have got me where I where I've got last season, the majority of his team was a very young team, uh, punctuated with some, you know, very high quality senior players, uh, which we'll still have with the likes of Sturridge. Mm. So if it was me, I mean, of course Saka would play or of course Manquillo would play every game. Of course Moreno would play, you know, but the, the, the risk of that, and that, just to be there as advocate is, I think if you take Moreno, you talk about the glare. I think that is the risk of bringing in younger players. I think that's why he has gone to senior players that we all hate and he's making selections that we don't agree with. I think if you look at Moreno, even Lovren to a degree, look at what happens when you get put on, under that spotlight at a massive club like Liverpool and they're crumbling in front of our eyes. So that's the risk of bringing someone in. I would still do it. I, I wouldn't play a player older than Jordan Henson. I suppose that's what I'd say. One last shout on this um, Bournemouth game. Um, you, to, to hark back to something you said, Phil, there, uh, about not bringing people in key positions. What about the the, the kid Fulton um, in goals? Um, no, 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 no. It's not no. too much of a stretch. And do you know what? I wouldn't even play Brad Jones. I know he's going to, but I'm going to be straight up at you, right? And I didn't get involved <coughs> later on. Put me in the back in. Brad Jones is not good enough to be first choice goalkeeper for Liverpool, right? If Mignolet wasn't going through a crisis of confidence, then he wouldn't even be shouldn't even be a consideration. The fact that a fella who was a Roy Hodgson signing, right, is is now starting a goal for us when he couldn't even get into Roy Hodgson's team at the time, right? Mm. Um, he was the subkeeper for Borough, wasn't he? <laughs> well, he he played a bit as as for, but like we're talking about a fella, and and this I know it's harsh on him and, and everything like that, but he's just not good enough for a club of Liverpool size, and also the aims that the club has and as I was saying to you before we started recording I looked at the German game at the weekend and the three goalkeepers they had that they were able to call on and they were down to their third choice their third choice goalkeeper was Timo Hildebrand Jesus yeah. this is a fellow who was fourth choice with Valencia no more than seven years ago yeah. you know what I mean and this isn't this is, that was Eintracht Frankfurt that wasn't one of the top sides in Germany but hasn't the manager gone and put himself out on a limb now by saying what he said about Mignola absolutely yeah. absolutely. and he has to play he's going to play Brad Jones now he's going to have to play him against yep. Arsenal and the, the, the shameful thing is and I, I said it to you and I said it to the lads when we were talking about the team selection on Saturday, uh, Saturday afternoon was that what we've done now is we've ended 
Simon Mignolet's Liverpool career. Exactly, yeah. And when he comes back in, no matter, he is constantly waiting to be dropped. Yeah. It's, he's looking, it's, it's, it's the last six months of Pepe Reina playing for us. And what I said yeah. to Dave Thomas was, and this is a genuine shout, if we do not have a new goalkeeper signed at 9am on January the 1st, then the club have been have failed the fans and they've also failed the manager. They failed whoever it is, right? Because that is a complete... Um, what's the word I'm looking for? Dereliction of Dereliction duties. Dereliction duties. Because you cannot go and remove the goalkeeper that you signed as your first choice, mm. put a lad in who's, who's at best, at best, four-choice goalkeeper at a, at a club air size, right? And not have your replacement lined up if you think that your first-choice goalkeeper has gone that bad. But this is... This is this is the gamble Rogers has done, right? He's saying to the club exactly what you're saying there right now, right? <clears throat> He's saying that... Go and get me someone. Go and get me a yeah. goalkeeper because I'm not playing this guy that you got me when we were seventh because I want... Hang on a minute. Because I want to be higher than seventh and this guy isn't good enough and I've given him two years and he's not good enough. So now I'm going to play this, you know, guy who's in on bring your daddy to work day and I'm going to put him in goal and unless you get me a goalkeeper in January, this is the guy because I'm not going to play him in nearly. So this is what... This is what it's not about playing Brad Jones it's about not playing Minnelli that's the decision he's made and I'm hoping if that is the case as I said our new goalkeeper arrives on the 1st of January well, I, I, at 9am right? as long as it arrives in January and, uh, you know. but if it's been made very clear to Brendan Rodgers that he is not signing a single player in January which there has been you know there's been enough talk in the, in the paper saying it's going to be mm-hmm. a very quiet January and the whole lot right yeah. and he is now playing politics to try force a signing right then that is a complete Dereliction of duties. I'm a manager. I'm a manager. And, I, and I've said this since the 2nd of September, re- relaying to a striker that if we don't have one signed within the first three or four days of January, it's an absolute disgrace. Yeah. Because what will happen is, like it always does with our club, we'll have another fucking um, situation like we had with the Ukrainian. What's it, Yanilenko? Is it? Oh, yeah, sorry, Conor. Yeah. Where the fuck did they get Yanilenko from? I don't know, but it's good. Yanilenko is another Ukrainian. Yeah, yeah, I just was getting confused. But it's a similar situation to that. Transfer deadline day, do we get it done? Do, they, do we give them the extra two whispers and 50p that they want? <laughs> yeah, or do yeah. we get back on the plane? Yeah. You know, but in all seriousness, Phil's right. With the keeper, with the striker, <clears throat> if we don't have those players, and Rogers should know in his mind, not get me a goalkeeper. I don't agree with that one bit. Mm. Don't go get me a goalkeeper. The last one you got me isn't able to perform the duties I need from my goalkeeper. Mm. So here's three goalkeepers that I believe can do the job. Now it's back fucking on him. He's now got the responsibility and taking the responsibility to say, that's the guy I want. If he works out, I'll take the plaudits. If it doesn't work out, I'll take the stick. But he's my signing. Which goes back to that chat we had earlier. Irrespective of whatever lineup we have, Dave, um, against Bournemouth, uh, there's an interesting thing that Phil mentioned early on about must-win games. Is this a must-win game for you? Um, and Eddie Howe's team are apparently very, very impressive at the moment. Um sitting up on top of the championship, scoring lots of goals. Um, does that influence uh, the, 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 the amount of kids that we, we, we introduce into this? Uh, the fact that it's a thing that we could possibly win this season? Oh, absolutely. I mean, I make no bones about it. Being top of the championship is like being 12th in the premiership, which is exactly where we are right now. So, yeah. I mean, we're playing a team that's you know, a very good team. They're going to be full of confidence. They're going to be up for it because we're Liverpool. We're yeah. travelling to them. They're the top scorers in the entire four divisions of the football mm-hmm. league so they're going to give us a, a very very good game I mean we're going to but but to to your point earlier and to Phil's point 
listen, we've won two out of the last ten games. Every game we play now is a must-win game. Mm. Like, there is no game we're going to play in the next three months that isn't going to be must-win. Yeah. And the reality is we're losing too many must-win games. So we're not, you know, losing in the sense of we're not getting what we want of it. Like, Bar- you know, Baal was a must-win game. United's a must-win game. Arsenal's a must-win game. And this is a must-win game because this is, if we lose, this is another tournament that we're out of. And mm. I think that at the beginning of the season... Rogers was pretty explicit in saying his goals from FSG were top four finish. Okay, so we're seven points off that. Last 16 of the Champions League, we didn't achieve that and to win a trophy. Mm. So if we go out against uh, Bournemouth, we're down to the FA Cup to potentially do that. So, yes, this is a must-win game. This is going to be a really, really tough game for us. Yeah, Steve-O, um, I suppose we could use that to segue into looking forward to Arsenal, um, mm. which is a massive game at any time, at any stage of the season. Um like I said, it's difficult to predict who's going to start because we don't know what way things are going to go tomorrow night. But look, talk to me a little bit about that Arsenal game. Um, the differential, the swing in the points could be massive. I think we can close to two on them with a win, if that's correct. Um, whereas they open up a massive gap, another uh, far too big of a gap if, if we lose and United stretch ahead of us as well in third. So um, is, 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 it, is it the pivotal match? Of, of the season so far for us yeah so far absolutely and is there any coming back from a defeat yeah there, there is, is. Okay. there is because as we showed last season and we are far behind where we were at this stage last season make mm. no bones about that but mm. listen three four five wins on the bounce mm. pulls you right back in on other teams because as we've seen apart from Man United and possibly Chelsea you know no one else has put that w- string of wins together mm. okay um we're forgetting about Chelsea and Man City, so really we're fighting it out for two spots. Exactly. Let's be realistic about yeah. this. Um, do I see United continuing that run of straight wins, maybe for another couple of weeks? Do I see them bashing 15 wins in a row in? Absolutely not. So that doesn't bring them back into title contention. I think they can be caught, um, hmm. but I don't see it starting this weekend. Right, but we need to start with catching Arsenal first and that's yes, and yeah. I don't see it happen this weekend okay uh, Phil if the if the, some of the kids that you suggested come in and, and, and play play out their skins uh, do they stand a chance of a game against Arsenal do you think? no no, no. I, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I don't listen I, I said the reason I do it was to freshen up and maybe to give a few kick up, kicks up the arse mm. and, and the whole lot to get get the team sort of going again um, I think the team will more or less pick itself for Arsenal whether we like it or not um, and I don't think like Gerard's going to start one way or the other, you know what I mean. Sterling will be back in the team as well. Um, thankfully, there's no Johnson in the team, so we we'll get we we'll get Mankato <laughs> against uh, Arsenal. I didn't see today. What is actually wrong with him? Have they had an assessment with Glenn Johnson? I mean, I, what I, happened to him yesterday? Not what's wrong with him. <laughs> <laughs> four four pods couldn't that, fucking like, feel <laughs> what's wrong with him. But no, I, I'm not. Um, I'm not. hundred percent. No, okay. his groin fell off or something. Right. Okay. Um, so, you know, Mankio comes in. Does Enrique or Moreno start at left back, you know, or left wing back? I don't think we we'll go with three at the back against Arsenal. I don't. I, I think really we. I think not. we go back to two, and I think it'll be Skirtle and I think it'll be Torre that'll start against Arsenal. Yeah, I think the Lovren experiment is over. Hmm. Um, the Lovren experiment is a good seventies band name, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. I like yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The Lovren experiment. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so Lovren experiment is over. So that, so, that so, brings Hendo back into so, the middle. Then. Hendo back into the middle, and I think the midfield then picks itself. No matter. The only change maybe does he play Coutinho in in with Henderson and Gerrard and then look to use Sterling, Lallana and Balotelli up front. Yeah, and that will depend on what Balotelli does in the 
game against Bournemouth because if Balotelli plays well and scores a couple of goals then he definitely plays against Arsenal if he doesn't then he may look for a mobile front three and that might see Markovic Sterling and Lallana play up top with Markovic sort of filling in what, what Coutinho did against you know with Coutinho dropping into midfield do you want would I, would I prefer Emre Chan to be um, in that side yes but I, do I think he's going to play I don't, I don't think so and what's 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 the weird thing for me is that the guy has played so well against Chelsea, played so well against Real Madrid, played so well against Hull, and has only played 50 minutes of football since then. And he'd be ideal for playing against Arsenal because they don't like powerful phys- physical footballers. Um, but he's he's in the he's in the the the, the bunker with Barini and the naughty Sacco. boys club, isn't he? Yeah, like there's there's something. There's he something might he might play he might play against Bournemouth, and you know if he puts in a show in, yeah. I, mean, I I wouldn't play Balotelli against Arsenal. Because I tell you now, Murtasak is going to love that. Is Murtasak a fit? Is he? Well, because didn't Debussy play centre back for? He for did. Debussy played for it, but mm. I think they're hoping to get him back. But I think Murtasaka loves Balotelli. That's that's Murtasaka's dream. Whereas Sterling against Murtasaka is our dream. And listen, that's the way I'd, I'd go. As I said mm. to Dave, it'll depend but it depends on how he does. Uh, yeah. Does against Bournemouth. If he scores a couple of goals, then he will start. If he doesn't, then I I, I continue with the, with that. Yeah. Uh, look, I what I, I what I liked about the mobile front three yesterday was they got around the pitch and we were able to create chances. Now, as I, I, and I totally believe, I think you know it very well in the way they handled Sterling because they did put him onto his left foot as much as they could because mm. it was his weaker foot. Um, and I'd say Arsenal will try to do the same. So what we have to work him, work him into better positions so he can, he can get shots away on his right foot because he's not as good on his left foot as he is and something he has to work on. But look, you know, the, the, the one thing about Arsenal is you never know what type of Arsenal's got. If they turn up ultra cocky as they can sometimes do, it may leave the door open for us, but they could also turn up, be ultra cocky, and be ultra brilliant and just destroy us. And, and that's the scary thing. Arsenal are now starting to go into their normal mid-season form, which is generally the run they put together, which almost always nearly guarantees top four come the end of the season. Mm. Um, and we have to stop that now if we want the chance, if we want to retain any chance of getting into the top four. Okay. Okay. Well, I suppose look at this stage, we've we can, we can maybe get uh, get an idea of, of predictions. So we we'll start. I suppose with Bournemouth will go around and they'll go back around for Arsenal. Mm. Steve, well, you're just doing some spectacular heavy breathing there, fella. You're obviously Sorry. Uh, yeah, oh, it's good. It's good. Uh, t- t- <laughs> talk to me. Talk to me about uh, Bournemouth. How do you? How do you? How do you? How do you see that one going, fella? Um, I'm thinking three-one Liverpool. Three-one Liverpool. Dave, I I think we'll lose. You think we're going out of the cup? Yeah. Okay, you're just going to leave it at that, Phil. Um, if we win it's going to be a very tight win a tight win yeah sort of like Swansea could be a last minute job ok I'm deliberately saying nothing this week just to see how that works let's move it on then to the Arsenal game which is um, depending on what way you look at it bigger or less maybe, big, maybe we should knows. change it because every time you come to me last we lose so it's yeah, <laughs> I think yeah, that's what it is I've <laughs> <laughs> tried every combination at this out the window at this stage um, superstitions are bollocks superstitions are shit um, yeah fuck it let's just start with you Phil Arsenal um, Andy's going to it so I think we will win 2-0 you think we win 2-0 assuming a Torre starts ok ok uh, Dave the Arsenal game I actually think we'll lose that as well <laughs> <laughs> what's wrong with you I, I, I just I'd like to take I this don't time see to where, welcome Dave where, uh, back I think it's going to get worse before it gets better ok I think it gets worse before it gets better I think that we we need a striker and we need a goalkeeper and without Sturridge back or without buying one of the other two, I worry about Arsenal are better than us at every part of the field. scary so, thing is if we lose the two of them, we're at 17 games, we're out of the League Cup, there's yeah. really only the FA Cup and, and the Fairs Cup to play for and 
<laughs> Listen, if it's any consolation, I've predicted we win every game all season. So, you know, my predictions mean nothing. But, you know, the reality is I think that... that they were very good last year, though. I think these are the yeah, worst that's... two possible games for us. The worst three possible... Away at Old Trafford, top uh, of the Championship in the Cup, Scotland and Arsenal in good form away uh, at Anfield, where we beat them 4-0 and they're just going to kill us this year. I just... I think it's the, fucking they're going to want to kill us not that they yeah, are going to yeah, kill no, us no, they're no, going to want to kill us the, the only thing with Arsenal is we're, I always sometimes with Arsenal I always feel that we're Joe Joe winning Joe winning against, win against sometimes you always feel yeah sometimes I always feel that we're Joe no I, I do I, and I, I think like we're Joe and, and often in, 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 a, in the darkest places oh, this you get, is good you get the most unlikeliest results like when Haji bet Chelsea and if you're wondering you about when broke when Liverpool broke me it was when Mario Balotelli tried an overhead kick that, <laughs> That, that was the moment that I that it broke me and I went I like the way you what slump, am I doing here I, 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 I like the way you slumped back in your chair there <laughs> instead just, of thinking about it again yeah. oh. <laughs> it's like, I, I, when he missed two set, I actually laughed my arse off at that I thought it was fucking hilarious Steve well, you've already said Arsenal uh, probably yeah, I'm, 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 Dave said uh, I think they're going to come and want to kill us I, I think they're going to kill us you think they're going to then we're getting beaten 3-0 emphatic. maybe 4-0 I'm such yeah. a contrary bastard I think we're, I think we're getting yeah. proper properly beaten Next Sunday, properly being good enough. Like I mean, I mean, I, I, I mean, beaten without. I mean, beaten without the level of chances created that we created against Man United. I just keep waiting for this thing to click this season. There's enough good players for us. There's not to click. There's not. <laughs> I, I think there is. Okay, so it's I, bleak. I, and I think, it may, I think it may happen. I, I'm Arsenal. not. I'm not certain you do think that, Trev. I think you're just. I, do, man. I think you're looking for that. That you know, sort of the up, balance. The I, think, end I the, think you're looking for the, the for the balance to this uh, to this little the balance. I think you may. I think you may be onto something there. <laughs> <laughs> you, you cynical yeah. bastard. <laughs> okay, we're done. <clears throat> right. I am Lou Schwari. You are listening to Trippers Chat. <laughs> Right, let's do it. Um, okay, a couple of um, topics and questions suggested by you, the listener. And uh, the first one is from Paul. Now, this depends on you haven't seen two films, so we'll, we're going to make an assumption that you've seen these two yeah. films. Final, are, they, are they the real titles or the titles? Yeah, it doesn't really matter to you because you won't know anyway. <laughs> Final Destination and Saw. And he says, which movie would you rather happened to you? So I think, which one would you, would, do you want to be in? Final Destination or Saw? So f- Final Destination, that's the one where everyone I went to school with dies and I survive, right? They, they, yeah, basically. Yeah. It's, it's escaping death. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, well, but like I survive. But isn't Saw escaping death? don't, eventually. Yeah. So yeah, no, I saw the first movie now. I survived the first movie, right? Final Destination, the first movie. No, there's the first one. Yeah, I survived you could, you that. You could die. No, no, no. In the movie, I, you I survive. don't think he means... In either of them, the, the lead character survives. When, when, when so, was the last time a Welsh so fella I think he's more movie. saying, would you rather have death catch up with you in some, you know, <laughs> weird way, or would you oh, rather you be tortured, tortured for fucking weeks on end? Oh, you know? let me think. <laughs> <laughs> That's where I'm going on it, and I'm choosing Final Destination. <laughs> I thought it was like you are like the main character, like you're the main character, as in the, the mm. story of the film happens to you, mm. in which case in Final Destination, I'd survive. Everyone I went to school with would die horrifically yeah. and I'd be okay so I'd be okay with that yeah. okay Stay I'm going to throw in a third option and probably prefer trading places where I become a millionaire <laughs> 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 I have Brewster's no mental millions. anguish yeah. and uh, oh yeah Brewster's millions yeah, 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 yeah. do you know what though, like, uh, see Saul gave you the way out 
Yeah. But you had to be prepared to do mad things. To you, had to you had to saw your foot off. You had to yeah, some torture. Remember your man, he had to get the key out of his eye, which was at the back of his... He basically would have had to pull his eyeball out and at the same time his head was being twisted this way and his body was being twisted that way mm. until his neck snapped. Yeah, you're not going to... So yeah. Nobody can understand what you're talking about, like, you know, because you're doing actions <laughs> in the pod. I know, but... Well, his head was rotating clockwise. <laughs> um, his body was rotating anti-clockwise. I need to just ask a quick question. At what point did Tripper's chats actually start to become a logical conversation? <laughs> <laughs> You're onto something, and with that in mind, the only thing is with, with, with Final Destination. You're just you got you got this in your go If if you survived it, Dave, he's yeah. going to put have, a fucking message on to... WhatsApp at half three in the morning. <laughs> <laughs> I've had to think about this. I couldn't sleep. <laughs> you then go into the film. sequel. No, no, no. It's no sequel. Just you. the first one. Just the first one. Yeah, but he told him. Did you just say death one. chases you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Philip, <laughs> death chases us all. <laughs> we are moving on to the next one. That's what I thought the film was called. De- death chases death you. Chases you. <laughs> yeah. All right. uh, Sketch. Death. <laughs> Steve, what was the worst movie you've yeah, ever seen? With the big- um, Oscar and Lucinda is the worst movie I've ever seen. It starts with. Um, and I only went to it because it was the only thing I could get tickets for and I was I was going with this chick and I had had no pre-planning or pre-thought in it. So I went to the movie mm. and you know yourself, I was kind of thinking, okay, this could be kind of a mushy one to you know, grab an L boob or get, get a smooch off or I genuinely was 16, you know what I mean? So yeah. going to the cinema to... Neck a, neck a chick was, was acceptable behaviour back then and um, so how could it be so bad you left well it started with this ox or oxen there was possibly two of them yeah. um, and they just came, they came across that is no way to talk about the girl <laughs> they came across the uh, came across the, the screen hmm. and all of a sudden it was pulling a house Right. <laughs> Basically, it was old, you know, probably 1800s, and they were moving this house. And the way they used to do it was put them onto, ma- you know, jack them up onto massive mm. things and transport them via oxen. And I just thought to myself, <laughs> there isn't a Mickey fiddle in the world watching in two hours of this. <laughs> It's probably best I just try and neck her on the bus home. <laughs> so I gave it two or three more minutes and I just realised this was going to be complete shit and just said to her, what's the story? Are you enjoying this? And thankfully she wasn't either. So, so I said, let's straight to the bus. Let's straight get to the out bus. of here. Yeah, straight to the, bus. the 77 isn't here for another 22 minutes. That'll do me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that's a heartwarming tale. Um, right, Phil, you're in a pub. You've got a ferocious hangover. This is from Carl. And he is wondering... What's so a Tuesday, Phil? <laughs> <laughs> what alcoholic drink is acceptable... Post-edit. ...which prevents your death? What saves you? What rescues you? I think that's what Carl means. Smear our voice. Not. Old school. What? (laughs) Can I ask you how you managed to drink a Smirnoff and ice in a pub and not result in death? That's that's what Stevie was drinking in the cinema with that girl. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in 1998, a West Coast cooler. Oh It's just full of sugar. Triple sandwich, your man. Happy, just go mad. What you want to do is get a bottle of Budweiser. Yeah. And a bottle of uh, Smyrna Ice into a pint glass, super shandy. That'll sort you out. <laughs> <laughs> Get on that next time. We'll try that on Monday. That's, try it, I tell you. Let's yeah. try Great. it on Monday. Okay, uh, yeah. Steve Super shandy. Right? Biscuit question for you. Patrick wants to know which are the best biscuits to, co- to accompany tea? Well, 
this is a this is a question. But we're going to go. What's the taste? It's like biscuit? having Houston. Oh, oh <laughs> Jesus! I'm just going to go for a shite. <laughs> <laughs> you should be finished by then, David. Do you want to join me? <laughs> Come on, Steve. Our best biscuit. Um, chocolate Kimberly. There you go. Half chocolate Kimberly. What would you go for with tea, Dave? Uh, I don't drink tea, by the way. That's the record. Yeah, I drink, drink some no voice <laughs> or coffee. So I just eat biscuits. Okay, right. Well, so <laughs> you could have just and said that the start, fella. <laughs> Fucking hell. He has a biscuit with his smell of ice. Go on, go on, Dave. Uh, I can't beat a chocolate hobnob. Chocolate hobnob. Phil, have you got a shout in this before? Ginger nuts. Yes, well, I know see, you do. But see, what the hobnob is why I was actually going to make it a conversation because the hobnob for its ability to be dunked, as yes. Peter K says, is, it's, dunkability. is a, it's dunkability factor yeah. is very high. So what I was asking was, is it based on taste or based on functionality as is it going to end up at the bottom of your cup? Jesus see, but if you were, see, what I actually used to do was I used to make a cup of tea and dunk in the purple snacks just to melt the chocolate on them and eat them. <laughs> still got the a story. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you still got the story. I just finished. <laughs> <laughs> Phil, Phil. <laughs> uh, right. Wipe again. Steve, <laughs> <laughs> you, you, you've probably got a story about hatchbacks, so I'm going to ask you this no, question. Which, why do hatchbacks, Davey Wonders, have rear windscreen wipers when saloons don't? Aerodynamics, aerodynamics. Are you, you actually going to leave Steve's like face that? as he just said aerodynamics? It's killing him. You it want to explain like, it, don't you? You want no. to explain it? You do. No, <laughs> Steve, I'll give us the explanation behind it. Well, I'm led to believe that it's down to the fact of the way the air flows over the roof of the car. If you've okay. got a saloon, it'll carry on out, and that's why your back lights and shit like that will get dirty. Yeah. If it's a if it's a hatchback. The airflow will swirl in and and stick the dirt to the back of the car. It's why the back of trucks are dirty. It's why the back of buses are dirty because they've got flat backs. You've also got a different angle of the windscreen from a hatchback to a saloon. That is beautiful. Do you agree with that, Phil? No. No. What's your theory? Basically, if you open your saloon on your wiper in mm-hmm. the hatchback position, you'll crush your wiper. What? <laughs> you have your wiper. Yeah. You open the you open the, the boot. Yeah. You crush the wiper. You don't when you open your hatchback the whole thing comes up. Uh, hang, on. hang on. The boot lid doesn't hit your windscreen. No, but you, that's because it doesn't because there's nothing to get okay, you'd have to go over the wiper again. I'm completely lost. But it doesn't need a wiper because your, your back window doesn't Here's get your, dirty. Here's your wiper. Brilliant. Here's this is great. Boot. This is great radio. Here's your go. Boot, right? Yeah, there's your boot, yeah. That is possibly the worst diagram I've ever seen in my life. Actually, it makes perfect sense. Let's move on to the next question. (laughs) Uh, To to finish this out, uh, Dave Thomas, um, Alex sends in a question. He's wondering, basically, he said maybe not me. I don't know why he would, that's kind of mean. But he says, which Liverpool player's hair? It's because you've got no hair too. Would you say, uh, yeah, do you reckon that's why it is, (laughs) Steve-O? Thanks for fucking pointing that shit out. Which uh, who, who knows? Dave. He never takes his woolly hat yeah, off. Who days. knows? Uh, Maybe he's grown an afro underneath. Um, Maybe he's got hairy hands as oh, well. Those <laughs> fucking bastards! I hate all of you. This part Trev's been, having a bad this night part tonight. Has been a fucking nightmare for me. <laughs> Seriously, I'm fucking not. That happy. sound you can hear, listeners, is Trev's soul. <laughs> <laughs> you know what happened to you at Mario's overhead kick? Yeah, uh, this pod has yeah. fucked me off. Anyway, oh, last come question. Here, Trev. No, no, no. It's good. It's, it's good. Uh, Alex, it's just a Alex Christmas question. A good, good, Christmas good, happy, good, happy question from Alex. Uh, which Liverpool player's hair would you steal if you could? You're not allowed to say Emery Chan. Fuck off with Emery Chan. 
Give me another answer. Uh, not allowed to say Emery Chan. You're not allowed to. I'm Trevor, not about Emery Chan. Come on, it's an original. Give me something else. If one of Liverpool's players here, you had to be stuck with who would it be? Uh, Raheem Sterling's. You, okay. Nice. <laughs> yeah. Dave Thomas. You actually, that's actually that's the I best picture. I, I swear to God. Just imagine if, that. If you, before you, I leave you this studio. You would be like studio. Michael Jackson before he died. <laughs> if you had that. That is exactly the look I'm going for. Pod picture is Dave. Yeah, I was just going to say, before I leave the Astro Park, Paul Brennan will have his <laughs> head with Sterling's hair. Let's get that. <laughs> Let's get that. Actually, all other... Look, co- Steve, I'm saying what's happening straight off <laughs> All other conversations are relevant for uh. <laughs> Anyone top that? No, no it's done. Cool. We'll finish with some admin and we'll start with our weekly shout for Astro Park. If you want to play some football and you're in the Dublin environment, then book your pitch time at astropark.ie. On our website, that's lfcdaytrippers.com, you can read the articles that are going up there on a regular enough basis. And you can link directly to the show as per usual. Um, a quick plug again for We Are Liverpool Fanzine, which is on sale at all the home games um, and online at www.wearliverpoolfanzine.com. And your day trippers tonight were Stephen Daly, Dave Thomas, David Curry, Lee Mahadi, Phil Casey and myself, Trev Downey. When he came out in them, I swear to God, I must have laughed. I nearly puked. I was off the pitch at the time, and I nearly. uh, Yeah, when the boy said, "Come on, I physically cannot go on there." I didn't see it. He came Uh, out from behind me onto the pitch, right? Because he'd been outside. (laughs) I came on as a substitute, and I literally was on my knees in the goal, laughing. He turned around. It was that bad. His two sprouts were either side of the seam. <laughs> I was just looking It was brilliant. Was this okay if everyone hits in then? He, I think he just hits in. Hits in. That's what they would say. Inverted nipples. <laughs> um, I was going to use biblical Ebola as the fucking as the name of the podcast. Tits in. Tits in. Tits it's in. all gone tits in. That's gotta be it. It's all gone tits in. Students of the club are like ghosts that walk around, right? And Benitez whether we all agree with this you just don't go back look what happened just don't go back don't go yeah, there's a fucking million fucking the managers the ghost that walks we could go for oh absolutely <laughs> I don't agree with going back I swear to god and I don't know about I don't know Rafa Benitez is the phantom the ghost that walks but he is he's, he's the got ghost that of fucking house past he also, it's, Christmas, it's a Christmas carol Johnson, he walked off the fucking pitch. I don't care if you can't walk. Stay on until you can't. Until the man is ready to come on. Oh, you fucking. We well, walked off before Troy sure was ready. Yeah. yeah. He's a fucking shitbox. Of the worst really kind. Is. Like, I, I, I really do hate him. Is it time for a new heating and cooling system? Turn to the experts at Griffith Energy Services and Carrier today and get 0% financing for 18 months on a new heating and cooling system. Get the comfort you deserve from Griffith Energy Services and Carrier. Visit GriffithEnergyServices.com today for this and other exclusive offers. That's GriffithEnergyServices.com. License number MDHVACR01-2278. Griffith Energy Services. Doggone dependable. So I heard from my sister's friend's cousin that Kohl's has the lowest prices of the season and had to see for myself. For real, the deals are so good. I got my kids' summer tees for $5.99, a cute swimsuit for myself for $17.99, and a shark vacuum for $199.99, which will be great after Sandy Beach Days. I got Kohl's cash too, and I got it all in less than an hour with free store pickup. So yeah, summer, I'm ready for you. 
Select styles. Ends May 23rd. Some exclusions apply. See store or calls.com for details. Sports Social Podcast Network.